Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I remember like being so upset uh, because you know that you know, straight away the contract I had with the cricket club I was playing for was uh, cancelled. Um, so like I wasn't earning any money or doing anything, and I thought my life was like over. I was twenty or twenty-one, right. uh, but it's so weird how that then led to what I do now full time, and I'm so lucky to be able to do. It's just strange how things come out of, of different situations in life. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I talk to YouTube prankster Josh Peters. Perfect. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Balancing Acts is now made in association with The Comedy Crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short, which is a a two-minute video one of my characters on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV, which is comedycrowdtv.com, and across media platforms, so do go and check them out. Josh runs his YouTube channel with partner in crime Archie Manners, and they currently have 1.3 million subscribers. They have recently fooled the likes of CEO of Big Cat Rescue, Carol Baskin, into believing she was giving an interview on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. They flew Katie Hopkins over to Prague for what she thought was the campaign to unify the nation trophy. But alas, it stood for something else. In another video, Josh and Archie also pranked 40 social media influencers into believing they'd received a piece of moon rock from the National Space Center. And not content with that, they went on to create a fake restaurant, the Italian Stallion, to sell microwave meals as authentic Italian cuisine via Deliveroo. Needless to say, these stunts have got millions of views. Carol Baskin interviewers on 6.6 million views. The Katie Hopkins stunt, which is probably their most infamous one so far, is on about 6.8 million views. So it was great to sit down with Josh and discuss his whole process, how Archie and him met, how they decided to go into partnership together and how they brainstorm their ideas and decide which ones to go with. But becoming a YouTube sensation wasn't always the original plan for Josh. He'd intended to become a professional cricketer and had actually traveled to London to take part in a uh, cricket tournament when he came down with a bout of glandular fever, which forced him out of uh, cricket and he was dropped from his cricket team. And it was then that Josh decided to pivot and focus on creating YouTube videos with uh, his best friend, Casper Lee. And what started out as just mucking around and doing sort of song challenges eventually turned into what you see today, which is these extraordinarily intricate, well-thought-out and well-planned, clever and funny pranks or hidden camera stunts. And what started initially as Josh's YouTube channel has now turned into a partnership with Archie. And I was 
I was really interested to speak to Josh about how that transition occurred and you know what that was like for him you know having built this channel all by himself to now decide to go into partnership with Archie and Josh basically explained that for him collaboration is key you need to have that friction you know somebody who might agree with your idea or just as importantly disagree with your idea and together you can come up with maybe perhaps an alternative or or better solution Josh breaks down the range of emotions he went through during the whole Katie Hopkins escapade and how he managed to get over them. You know, there was part of him that obviously felt sympathy and, and sorry for her. But then as soon as she opened her mouth and she started coming out with this hate-filled speech, I pretty much all of that was forgotten. But it leads on to an important point where Josh emphasizes that it's important to punch up rather than punch down. Josh also talks about his love for sport and how important it is for his mental health. He talks about how if a video doesn't go the way that he was hoping to or if it doesn't receive the amount of views he would have liked how that can affect him and how that's something that he's trying to distance himself somewhat but obviously it's it's very tricky when it's something that you've created and I can obviously you know I'm speaking from experience myself and you release it online and it doesn't go the way that you intended it to or doesn't receive the the attention or the views or the love then it's a it's a disappointing feeling so we talk about that there is loads here. I think you're going to really enjoy this. It's a fascinating conversation just hearing Josh and Archie's process, how they go about creating this. And it's clear to me that, you know, he's a super smart and industrious guy who's um, still, you know, early in his his journey as a as a as a performer, as a creator in, in the entertainment industry and is, is going to go super far. So Without further ado, over to Josh. Perfect. Where am I speaking to you from now? I'm, see I'm a tower this... in the background, and you sort of, it, looks like, it looks like you're a high powered exec from this view that I've got you right now. <laughs> With the AirPods and everything. Yeah. No, um, so this is my, I mean, it's not very tidy, but it's my bedroom, and then it's okay. got this awesome, like, little, it's like a little window thing. So I just put a little seat in it, and That's then, cool. and then, yeah, um, I, I say I put a seat in it. I've lived in this lab like three years and I'd never had anything in the space. And I got a girlfriend um, at the end of last year and she, she put the window seat in. So I'm making use of her window seat, but there's a great, great light in here as well. So it's just, it's, it's very flattering. I'll say that. Thank you. Yeah, um, no, It's nice. looking good. So I actually, so just kicking off on that, you moved to London, is it four years ago from South Africa? Is it around that sort of time? Uh, yeah, 2015, but I'd lived here for uh, six months in 2013 because before I did anything in entertainment, I was a cricket player. So I used to play ah. semi-professional cricket and I, I played a cricket season here in 2013. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then did you move over for per permanent reasons due to what you're doing with sort of YouTube stuff? And did you just want to go all in? No. So very crazy weird story um in 2015 i came over to do another cricket season um and as it so happens i was friends from from growing up with with casper lee who uh was already quite a big youtuber at that point but we'd been childhood friends forever uh because of that when i was in the uk i'd always see him and hang out with all the youtubers now in the 2015 cricket season i got glandular fever really early on um just shared a cool drink with someone. I don't know how it happened. It was crazy. Um, and I had to miss uh, the rest of the cricket season. So with nothing to do and like six months in London, I started making YouTube videos and uh, it turned into a YouTube channel and, and somehow a career. And then by the time it was time to go home, I had like enough money to, to, to get a deposit for a, to rent a flat. So I was like, Fuck, I spent all my money on doing that. And it luckily carried on. And, and yeah, here we are. That's crazy, isn't it? How, that's crazy how fate takes shape, you know, in terms... So you, weird. You basically, you owe your career to glandular fever. Yeah, to, I mean, I remember... had it pre prior to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I remember, like, being so upset uh, because, you know, the, you know, straight away the contract I had with the cricket club I was playing for was uh, cancelled. Um, so, like, I wasn't earning any money or doing anything... And I thought my life was like over. I was 20 or 21. Right. Uh, but 
it's so weird how that then led to what I do now full time and I'm so lucky to be able to do. It's just strange how things come out of, of different situations in life. Yeah, I guess it's how you how you react to it and you sort of took a proactive approach. Yeah. I mean, a lot of I think with anything like a lot of lot of fortune and like luck involved, but you've got to sort of take that chance when you get it and, and try and make the most of it, I think. And when you kicked off uh, with your YouTube channel, you the content that you were creating wasn't what it is today, right? That's that's putting it really nicely. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. So I mean, I was still very new to it all. I'd I, I knew how to edit. I knew like mm -hmm. the, the the skill of an editor. Uh, I mean, I wasn't very good, but I knew how to do it. And I was very fortunate in that I was part of a group of guys who are very popular in the UK. I call it like the boy band era of um, my life uh, where we could create quite, you know, pointless, just fun videos and they do very well. It was, uh, you know, guess the song challenge or whatever it was. And look, it was really fun and um, people enjoyed it. But I think as I got older, um, I started not enjoying doing that so much and the people perhaps who are watching also probably got sick and tired of it. So I think it became time that I needed to start changing into something new. And um, thankfully I'd acquired these skills on how to create a video, how to speak to a camera. And that, that helped me create the kind of videos that I'm able to create now. So when you were living, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. So you, you, you were living with Casper and as you call it, your sort of YouTube boy band buddy. <laughs> and this was in your early twenties. You must've been having the time of your life. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, still so lucky that I got to be able to experience that. I, Casper and I both grew up in a small town in South Africa. Um, so we were like living in London and getting to experience so many crazy things and meet so many interesting people and just have so many experiences that were really cool. And it was just these two kids for us who, you know, we'd been friends since we were 12 years old in a town with a population of like a hundred thousand in South Africa. And now we were in London together. It was, and we, we, we still actually live together. He's in the next room. So uh, for me, that's just the most awesome thing. Yeah. I mean, that is, it makes it so much more enjoyable. If you're doing it with your friends as opposed yeah. to, uh, cause you know, I, I, I'll write scripts or whatever. And uh, sometimes I've talked about this uh, recently in the podcast. I've recently come to the conclusion, actually, no, I, I just want to collaborate with people because it's just more fun, isn't it? it, it it's so hard. I think I was reading uh, this book the other day that spoke about how it's impossible to have proper creativity or proper learning. If you're just thinking on your own, because you, you really need someone to conversate with. Mm -hmm. in order to develop an idea because if you're just having your own internal dialogue you're kind of just having your own like biases form an idea or form a thought you're not getting that like other side of something that you really need you're not getting that friction that you sometimes need I think to to create the idea or come up with the thought and that also I've been so lucky in that I started working I'm sure you would have seen with with a guy named Archie Manu um yeah yeah, yeah, in uh, early 2019. And he is just super, such a great guy to work with. He's a magician by profession. So okay. the, way his, the way his brain works in terms of like creating dual realities and um, making tricks basically is so fascinating. Um, and I've learned so much about that. And, and I'm sure you would have seen in, in some of our videos, a lot of that comes into it, that sort of making someone think one thing when actually something else is happening. Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to it, but Katie Hopkins would be a yeah. prime example of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you referenced the book. What book was that? That you? It's called. Uh, some people might not. It's called uh, Thirteen Rules for Life, Twelve Rules for Life. By a bit of a controversial guy. His name's Jordan Peterson. He's oh, yeah. a clinical psychologist. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, like the guy's got some pretty controversial uh, views on certain things, which are some things that I don't agree with. But his book, I would highly recommend reading that book, 12 Rules for Life. It's really uh, interesting. A lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff in it. And just I found that particularly interesting, how hard it is sometimes to uh, develop a thought if it's just you as opposed to having someone to, to create some friction with or to disagree with you so that you can come to a better outcome. Agree. I totally agree. With that. And, and particularly if you're doing something which is 
comedically inclined, you know, it's, it's, it should be an enjoyable process rather than sort of bashing yeah. the wall. So um, how did you and Archie meet? So I had seen um, some stuff Archie had done online uh, called Archie Asks, which was where he would like go to different things. So he went to Wimbledon uh, and interviewed people and said, you know, how do you feel about uh, Andy Murray getting Jacob Rees-Mogg in the next round? Are you excited to see this? And people would sort of go, yeah, I can't wait to see Andy beat Jacob Rees-Mogg in the next round. <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff, which was really great. And I always thought he was he was super funny. Uh, and we we met up and didn't work together at first. We made a couple of videos together um, and I liked working with him. And then we made a few more. And then um, he came on and sort of worked two days a week for me kind of informally and stuff started doing really well um that was that began in early 2019 and towards the end of last year after the end of sorry at the beginning of this year after the katie hopkins video we kind of sat down and came up with a, a partnership together where we've come together and now you'll see my youtube channel is called josh peters and archie manners and we're both invested in it and we and we both work super hard in it and hopefully it'll, it'll continue to do well um but yeah he's uh he's, he's a super talented guy and great to work with that's very cool because i can imagine like if you know you've created this youtube from scratch yourself um mm -hmm. you could you know you could have a tendency to be like oh, this is my thing you know like from an ego perspective this is my thing yeah i, I don't want anybody else involved so that's um yeah, that's pretty great that you you were able to sort of take a step back and realize actually it's going to be ben more beneficial, more beneficial and enjoyable to have you both on board together. Was that was that was there a yeah. struggle coming to that conclusion, or did you just like, nah, this is this is the way to go? I think we both wanted that to be the outcome, but obviously, you know, it's not just as simple as that. Um, there was obviously loads of stuff that had to be discussed, and it was hard. Like I could just sit here and say I don't care, but obviously, it was really hard to add a name to something that I'd made over so many years, but I genuinely believe he makes uh, me better and makes that YouTube channel better. And I think the value he adds is, is justified in, in adding him to the channel. And I, I truly believe that he wouldn't be able to do it without me and I wouldn't be able to do it without him. It's a really symbiotic, um, partnership we found and I think that's so rare to you know you, you get these duos sometimes and I hope we've stumbled upon one and I don't think it should be ruined for the sake of you know an ego or whatever hopefully we can make this partnership into something more than, than just a YouTube channel that would be the hope you know who, who knows we might have a huge fight and never talk to each other again in six months but. <laughs> what, who what is the the grand vision did you is that something that you set out early doors when deciding to go in together you know, we don't, we haven't put down on a piece of paper. We want to um, rule the world, rule the world. Yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, our dream would be to continue doing the stuff that we have been doing um, with working on developing something for, for TV at the moment. That would be our next like step mm -hmm. um, is, is trying to do something successfully on TV. I think there've been a lot of people who've come from YouTube and tried to make that transition and it hasn't gone so well um and i think it's incredibly tough so i don't want to underestimate how hard that's going to be um why do you that, think that, that is sort of the, why, why why do you think that is there is that sort of stumbling block making that transition from youtube to tv i think it comes down to to there's so many different things it could be i think in some instances it's that um the person might not be uh just subjectively entertaining to, to your random person. Uh, it might be that they've developed an audience who understand them and, and they're entertaining to that audience, but to a sort of uh, just random audience that perhaps not as entertaining. Um, I also think at first TV commissioners really thought that if you put someone with millions of followers on TV, the millions of views would follow, but I don't think mm. it works like that. No. Um, I think the, the platforms, are sometimes more powerful than, than the creators, if that makes sense. You know, people are on YouTube, they see Josh Peters, oh, cool, I'll watch Josh Peters. But if I wasn't there, they might watch someone else. So, yeah. then, you know, they might not go from YouTube to TV just to watch an individual person. Um, and then also, I think it's, you know, it's hard, man. It's like talking 
to your phone like this or just holding your camera, you know, that's one thing, but trying to come across as natural as you normally do when there's a, you've got a sound, you've got a mic on you and there's this camera there and that camera there and someone's saying, okay, now action or now do this. Mm. That is a skill that people practice and learn and take a long time to get good at. And I think it shows sometimes if you're just going to throw someone in that maybe they're not natural at doing that. It's, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, you are, that's, that's a skill set that you've been building over time with your, with your videos. And I think what's amazing about, you know, the development, what you've been doing is just sort of like the production value is just like, I've just it's looked at what you're doing. It's like how I mean, the amount of time it must take for you yeah. to come up with firstly, like how, how do you sort of go about what, what does your brainstorming sessions consist of in terms of how, how you decide to come up with the next idea? So it takes a long time sometimes. And like before, when I was making more trivial videos, it would, I would always upload one video a week, like kind of no matter what, uh, okay. you know, I do anything to get that video up every week. Whereas now I give myself, you know, if it takes two months to make a video, it takes two months to make a video, but just make sure it's good. Um, so the brainstorming is always me and Archie somewhere, whether it be just like going to a coffee shop or just throwing ideas at each other. And generally it's when one of us will say an idea to the other one and we'll both go, okay, yeah, that's good. But there are a lot of the time we'll say, what about this? And then the other one will say, no, but what about this and this thing? And it, yeah. that's what I mean about like having two people because sometimes we'll have an initial idea that will turn into something so different, but it would never have obviously come without that initial uh, thought. So yeah, it's it's a lot of just, as I'm sure you can, as I'm sure you know, just head banging against the wall and hoping something comes and a lot of reading uh, current events, looking, also taking inspiration from, you know, people who've done similar stuff before us, like Brassai and, and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and all these kind of... I had written people, Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen down. I was like, I was going to talk yeah. to you about potential inspirations because I can really feel that kind of his, his essence coming coming through yeah he's, where, where you're heading now and what you've been doing recently thank you i guess yeah that's uh he he's probably my favorite um person in this genre by five watch just about everything i think that he's done um and he's just yeah he's something else isn't he yeah yeah i mean it's uh yeah <laughs> everything he's done is it's just gold, isn't it, in that respect? It, yeah. Do you, are you sort of going, the direction that you're going into now, is there sort of like a, I don't know whether it's subliminal or not, is there now an intention to have, a, a, is there a point that you're making or you, there's something that you're trying to say uh, with, with the pranks that you're doing going forward? Or, or is it on a case-by-case -case, uh, example? So the kind of like by mistake, theme we stumbled upon that seems to have worked for us is it started with a video i don't know if you saw we uh we bought a bunch of eggs from a supermarket yeah. quail eggs yeah. and we put them in an incubator and one of them hatched into a into a real quail that is still alive now and it's had its own baby quail so we're grandparents now congratulations um <laughs> thank you so that i guess theme is asking a question and then creating a video where we explore whether something's possible. So like, is it possible to hatch a supermarket egg, film the process, and if it succeeds, that payoff is then just so good, and then you have a good video. Um, so I guess, yeah, if you had to nail it down into a theme is, is asking if something's possible. You know, if we um, played on Katie Hopkins' ego enough, could we get her to fly to a different country and accept an award? If we did this, could this happen? And that was very much something that we stumbled upon, but we, we kind of recognized it after that uh, quail egg video and, and try to run with that. And there's another one we did where we sold uh, microwave meals on, on Deliveroo. I love that uh, From my flat. It's like you guys were a professional outfit. I would have bought from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that again is that like, you know, is it possible to sell microwave meals from my flat on Deliveroo? I don't know. And honestly, I never, and neither of us ever know and I think that's what that's the most important thing is that seeing that genuinely come across on screen that we don't know if it's going to yeah. work and yeah, we yeah. filmed a bunch of videos that haven't worked um, okay. because when it does work you can't match that reaction like you can't fake that yeah. you can 
see that it's like, you know, when we saw that the restaurant had been listed on, on the app on delivery, we were like, what? This is crazy. And I have to ask you, do you have you got the same lawyer? I mean, your lawyer is... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's, Was it the same, the same guy every yeah. time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, it's, um, yeah, we always, you know, it's expensive as well. And the video, these videos are expensive to make, um, but it's definitely worth doing. You know, you've got to make sure what you're doing is safe. And it's, uh, we try and now when we make it, these videos, because there's so few of them and they're such kind of big projects, we always try and get a brand involved, which, which helps a lot. I was going to ask you because, about that. Yeah, because I noticed you had, yeah. um, you had uh, Quidco, didn't you, on the, on the I Trick the World with um, the fake Ed Sheeran. The Ed Sheeran video, yeah. Yeah, and Castify as well for the... Um, uh, Castify, yeah. Uh, Castify, Castify, sorry, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so how do those? How does that come about? So um, I've got an agent who represents me who can who can bring in deals, and then also just through like my inquiries email, um, mm -hmm. we always try and work with a brand that you know is is in some way realistic for for like my YouTube channel. Um, it's it's an integration that we can say thanks to so-and-so for sponsoring this video it wouldn't have okay. been possible without them because it, it literally wouldn't have and then incorporating their product in some way um for the case to fire one it was actually super fun the video we did was um we convinced reality stars that they were on a tv show but it was it was actually just an interview with me and archie and we were making them say all sorts of weird things like leaving your fridge door open can help combat global warming <laughs> Um, and we then told them that the sponsor of the show is Casetify, which yeah. is true. Mm -hmm. So we asked them to hold up the phone case and just do a read to camera about Casetify. So in that case, we got the people we were pranking to do our brand deal for us, which was which was quite fun. So we always try win, and, and <laughs> yeah, always try and make it um, at least a little bit entertaining. Okay, so though, so essentially, those brands are covering the production costs for you. Um, yeah. Um, Go on. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I don't make anything from it. Obviously, yeah, you know, course. it's a, it's a, it's a business. And I need to, I need it, I need to eat. So, mm. um, when I'm lucky enough to get a brand to sponsor, a lot of the money is spent on the production of the video. But if I can, I will obviously try and, and make some money as well. Of course. And prior to you getting brands on board, was it just a case of reinvesting revenue from previous videos into the next mm. productions? Yeah, man. I mean, that Katie Hopkins video, like, I don't want to say how much, but it, it was like, for me, a lot of money to put down on something that might not have worked. So what, what's, um, your, what's your mindset during that period? Are you, were you anxious? Or are you like thinking, dude, I was, was she cons on? so nervous. You know what I was dreading as well was, because she's got young kids. I was waiting for her to walk in and go, what the, my kids watch you or like something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was so scared. But the moment, she walked in because we'd we'd rehearsed so much and we'd practiced so much and talked about every kind of possible thing that could have happened it, it all went so well luckily but like you know she could have got ill or she could have like missed her flights or yeah. anything but it was um it was yeah it was an expensive video but thank goodness it, it worked i mean you know your obviously your previous videos part but that one i feel just took things to another level in terms of exposure because it was everywhere yeah, that was, uh, I've, I've like, I had to really pinch myself. I mean, I, I had like messages from people that I really did not ever think would know that I existed. Um, really? You know, tweeting and like, I think Stormzy retweeted it uh, and like all these like Jack White or people I've idolized for a really long time. Um, Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Ed, no, he, I mean, <laughs> No, I'm obviously no, no, no. referring to the fake Ed Sheeran video, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was, um, yeah, and it's really surreal, just an incredible thing. And like, I felt like it was for me and Archie quite a hopefully like defining bit of content for, for our hopefully longer career. But um, it was, it was crazy. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was amazing. Incredible, incredible stunt to achieve. <laughs> Are, are there any times where you ever feel bad for your uh i'll call them victims or victims or yeah. subjects um yeah, yeah or are you kind of like 
I don't know, your sort of your mindset is at a point where you're just like, well, this is just what this is business. This is work for me. So I think it's a really good question and, and a really important thing to always keep asking yourself. Um, obviously, the harshest thing we've done by a long way is, is the Katie Hopkins video. Um, and I think in that case, it, it was justified. And, and she pointed out how justifying it was by giving that speech she gave at the, at the end of the video. Um, I think it's very important always to, to be punching up um, and to have a reason for what you're doing. Some of the other videos we've done, which have kind of been around individuals, you know, it's, it's celebrities, it's, it's uh, people who make a career out of the media industry and are, and are doing pretty well. And we try and always keep it lighthearted to an extent. It's about having a laugh and, and making a joke rather than having someone say something that could ruin their career or putting them in, 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 in trouble. Uh, you could argue that the Katie Hopkins video was something that, you know, that is, that was pretty serious stuff, but I think she was someone that, that, that warranted that kind of hit going on her. Yeah, I think uh, there wouldn't be many people that disagree with that. As soon as, as I mean, there was, it was interesting because, you know, you get to the first half of the video and there may be a small part of you that's sort of having a degree of sympathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as she opens her mouth and she starts that sort of hate-filled speech, yeah, it's just like, yeah, no, you got to Well, that was the crazy thing is like, you know, especially with the world we live in now, everything is so you see one clip of something that is supposed to be what, what that entire thing is. You see one clip of a protest or one clip of a whatever. And then in your mind, that is what that entire thing is. And with Katie Hopkins, for example, when, you know, she, she's a really capable person of, of being nice. And when I was speaking with her, she, you know, she's a pretty normal, nice person, but then some of the things she says are just, absolutely insane but when i was with her it is a bit like oh my god this is this is a real person like you know this is not just this evil figure this is a person who's got loads of stuff about them and and is a, is a real life person so you do have to yeah it took uh, it took a bit of like gritting my teeth and, and and holding my stomach but um i did feel pretty justified in, in what we'd done when she when she got up and made her speech and also some of the things she'd said to me sort of in like when cameras weren't rolling we're just I mean, i'm not going to repeat them now but like yeah she's just pretty vile hello sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation which i'm enjoying i'm sure just as much as you are but i need to give you guys a little reminder uh, if you like this conversation this episode if you like balancing acts in general then please do subscribe to us rate and review us because it makes the world of difference and the more reviews we get the more rates we get the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral whatever that means okay back to the chat I can imagine that in itself is challenging having to you know have a sort of straight face where you're hearing kind of whatever horrendous stuff is coming out of them yeah I mean obviously that that occurred throughout the speech and you're gonna yeah you have to stay in character yeah, that was where we were also lucky that like, you know, we, we went for on a prog casting website and just try to find the best actors we could, obviously a month or two before, and we managed to find majority South African actors. But like, I was expecting them to be pretty bad. They were unreal. Like they spoke to her, they were fully in character the whole night. Um, they were had like anecdotal stuff to talk about from South Africa. They were brilliant. Um, there were so many little things that came together in that video that made it work, which let's see, which was, you know, part of what I was saying earlier is that everything I, I believe in life comes down to a bit of like half luck, half putting the work into it. So give me a breakdown, like what would it, how long, what would be a typical day when you were like knee deep in that product pre-production period? Is yeah. that sort of, are you just literally working all, all out from morning to night? So, um, how it started, the original idea was we were going to, because I always go back to South Africa in December to see my family, we were going to get her to fly out to South Africa to present her with this award. Uh, but as it turns out, she's banned for hate speech from South Africa. Okay. And yeah. we only, you know, we didn't expect to get a reply from her at all, but we did. And then it was followed up by that. We're like, oh, crap, we're in South Africa now. What are we going to do? So we then organized for it to be in Prague uh, at the end of January. And uh, she said that was fine. So we had like, I'd say three months of 
you know, like we weren't sitting in an office working every single day, but it was a pretty constant correspondence of organizing actors, organizing a hotel, um, organizing flights, putting a friend of ours on the flight with her so that he could take like, say, yeah, she's on the flight and take some photos of her. Uh, obviously we didn't want to be on the same flight as her because just we didn't want to risk her seeing us there and then seeing us again later. So, so many little things. Um, and Archie as well was, you know, we both worked super hard on that, but he's, he's really good at, I guess, from being a magician, making sure that every detail is thought about because I guess if you're doing a magic trick live, you have to be prepared like that and be ready for any kind of problem to occur and, and adapt off it or, or deal with it. Yeah. And do you, when you're sort of going through that whole period of, of organizing pre-production, is it basically just you and Archie or have you got sort of production assistants working with you guys as well? <laughs> just, uh, just you guys. Um, yeah. Wow. It's, uh, because it's, it's just, like you're doing like, it's effectively like yeah. a TV sort of logistically sized production. Yeah. That's insane. No, um, I assume you had this whole team uh, of people working with you. Uh, wow. On the, I mean, That's for super the impressive. shoot, we, we brought a camera guy with us. He was also like, you know, you sometimes hire a freelance camera guy. You think, well, might not be the best. He, Sean Rowe, he was just brilliant. Like the way he captured everything, everyone who helped with that video was unbelievable. Um, uh, but yeah, aside from, it was me, Archie and, and Sean Rowe in the, yeah, in Prague. That's More amazing, man. I wanted to ask <laughs> and you... And the lawyer. And the lawyer. Let's not forget the lawyer. <laughs> the, the lawyer is the yeah. vital component there. I wanted to ask you about the Ed Sheeran prank. Um, yeah. And obviously you had, for that prank, there was a load of YouTubers who yeah. uh, weren't in on that. What was the re was there a reaction or any fallout from YouTubers? Did you know, were you sort of, do you have a personal friendship with a lot of those guys that were... I guess pranks to a certain degree in that video. Yeah, so the majority of the British YouTubers towards the end of the night started figuring it out because okay. it's the accent. Yeah. He's from Manchester. <laughs> yeah. And Ed Sheeran's from, he's from, where's he from? Uh, the, the West? Where's Ed Sheeran yes. from? Uh, yeah. Somerset or something like that. I think. Yeah, I think it's around that. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah. anyway, he's definitely not from Manchester. Um, and they also could see that he was kind of with me and they knew me. So, you know, a lot of the British guys started figuring it out. The Americans had absolutely no idea. It was, it was, <laughs> it was really fascinating to see because, you know, like you're at this party where there's just like, not party, this backstage thing where there's this guy's got 10 million followers and that girl's got 20 million followers and whatever, whatever. And normally you'd kind of feel a bit out of place at that kind of party where I would, I don't know. Um, and <laughs> because they thought, we were with Ed Sheeran, all of these mega stars were like gravitating slowly towards where we were in the room. Like, you know, we'd go and have a drink at this table and you'd have all these people quite certainly just like moving slowly closer and trying to sort of just have some way of starting a conversation with Ed Sheeran or having a drink with him or something. It was, um, it was a very interesting like social thing to observe. Um, and it, it makes you kind of appreciate how crazy life must be sometimes for someone that famous and especially obviously when we were outside with everyone how just mobbed he got i mean that's that's his everyday life ed sheeran it's uh i don't know if you'd want it it was uh, it was pretty crazy to see that's exactly what i was thinking although i wouldn't have minded receiving the text about the lamborghinis and the ferraris <laughs> how crazy was that so, that's yeah, just that's so casual <laughs> if you want a lamborghini yeah. ferrari for a few days hit me up <laughs> It was um, at the fight, This uh, so we took a fake Ed Sheeran to a, a boxing fight. And at the boxing fight, little did we know there was this French guy sitting near us who, who took note of the fact that Ed Sheeran was there. And he was a club owner um, in Los Angeles. And when we walked straight into this exclusive club, as you do when you're with Ed Sheeran, he stopped me at the door and he was like, I thought it was like game over. He's going to, you know, say, you need to go. This is Ned Sheeran. He was like, bro, if you need a Lamborghini or a Rolls Royce, hit me up in the next couple of days. It's on me. I was just like, what? Unfortunately, we were flying back the next day, so I couldn't take him up on that. But okay, the next time. Unreal. The next time. Um, yeah, yeah. I tell you, I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed the Tom Holland interview. I thought that was. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, it was very amusing. And um, how do you? 
how do you deal with i mean there, there must be times where you just you, you feel like you're going to corpse but you manage yeah. to keep a straight face for me that if i was i was thinking about myself if i was in that interview i don't think i would be able to keep a straight face yeah i was so nervous i think that helped a bit but like because he's such a nice guy as well he seems um, such a lovely guy such a nice guy yeah if you if you didn't see it we um we did a prank where I was interviewing Ed, uh, where I was interviewing Tom Holland for his new movie, and I had my friends Casper and Connor in the next room telling me what to say in an earpiece. So saying things like, "Is that really what you're going to be wearing for this interview?" Wow, that's uh, brave. Um, so it was it was stuff like that, and it was just uh, it was mortifying. But to keep a straight face, I don't know. Uh, I think I've always just been okay at it. I just grip my clench my stomach as hard as I can. The only time I've corpsed in a video, we cut it out was in the reality star videos reality star video where Haley hughes said um to combat global warming we shouldn't just leave our fridge open because that would make the house smell we should get another second fridge and leave that one open to uh to cool the planet down and we can keep the one with the food in it closed so that the house doesn't smell. And, and when she said that, I actually lost it. I had to, I, had to, I pretended I was having a coughing fit and just walked out of the room. Do you, um, think, do you think she's actually sort of like, like secretly, deeply intelligent person who is sort no, of having everybody on? No, no, no. Uh, that was, that was, yeah, that was, that was quite something. Um, really lovely girl. Uh, and like, like super entertaining to watch mm. the way she even just everything about the way she speaks is just interesting to watch like that accent and yeah she's brilliant for tv um but uh yeah maybe just needs to do a bit more reading or something yeah wow wow and and um how was the experience interviewing uh carol baskin yeah that was uh also obviously super nerve-wracking I luckily didn't have to say much um, because I was pressing the buttons pretending to be Jimmy Fallon. Archie had to uh, speak to her as the production assistant, but um, we'd done a couple of other videos with that same device. So luckily we were quite rehearsed in it, but also just, yeah, nerve wracking. But she was so nice. Um, she seemed she, like even- She seemed amazing. She came, it's, sorry, go on. Yeah, she came out after the video and said like, uh, I thought it was a fun prank. Um, oh, she, they yeah. said they would include yeah they said they would include my uh charity call outs and they did so i'm more than happy so like, that's awesome it was just also what was impressive about it is that there was other <laughs> other actual legitimate tv shows that had reached out to interview her who didn't yeah. get the interview <laughs> and yet you guys did i did yeah it was uh also one of those again that like when we were like shall we email carol baskin we're like yeah it's not gonna nothing's gonna happen but yeah you know might as well try and then little next thing we knew we got a response from from howard baskin so it was just just too good wow. so going back to sort of when you're younger have you did you do much performing did you did you have you gone to drama school or anything like in the past yeah i mean i did at school i mean our school system works a bit different to england i did the equivalent of drama a levels so okay until the end of school. Uh, yeah, my favorite things at school were drama and sports. Um, and it was kind of a toss up between whether I would go and study performance and do drama at university or whether I'd pursue a career in cricket. Um, and I chose cricket and then somehow I ended up doing, having a career in performance. Uh, so yeah, that interesting how that works. I've learned, you know, so much um, about it's such a, hard thing i've got so much to learn still um but just being lucky enough to be in this world i've gotten to meet so many people and work with so many people who've, who've taught me so so much about it um and i really am lucky for that and hopefully i can keep learning and, and keep doing good stuff and um yeah keep doing well in entertainment because it is such a tough tough field yeah you've just got to you know, I think half the battle is just working hard and it seems like very apparent that yeah. you, you guys have got a serious work ethic. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's that. It's also just like, you know, there's no reason for things not to work sometimes in the time. You could be making some, you could make something really good and it just doesn't work. And there's no like reason for that. It just happens to not get shown to the right people or whatever the case may be, which is 
it's so frustrating, isn't it? And it's just like, but yeah, that's just entertainment, I guess. So yeah. it's a weird world. Well, that's actually what I wanted to touch upon next. How how do you, how does it affect you then, sort of mentally or in the past, when you have spent a load of time uh, working on a video and it hasn't had the desired effect or impact? Does yeah, it's just sort of like when you were sort of at an earlier stage in your career, would it knock back your confidence or was it sort of, or did it just sort of like give you more determination? Just like, all right, I'm going to make sure the next one yeah. works. Like, I wish it didn't affect me like that. I, Cause it, I know how stupid it is to let that affect me. Um, like, you know, I'm a pretty stoic, I guess, like atheist. Um, and uh, I don't Have you always you know, been I, that I, way inclined? Uh, kind of, I think since I was sort of a teenager, yeah. Um, and I know how like pointless, you know, numbers on a, a screen are in the sort of grander scheme of, of my life. But it still just does for some reason. You know, you always end up checking that I really try not to let it. But I will be in a better mood if a video is doing well compared to if it's doing badly. Um, and I just can't, you know, maybe I'll get better at, at managing that one day, but it's just, yeah, I suppose it's impossible to detach yourself fully because it is like your work, you know, of course, so, of course. and you have a direct, direct feed to how well it's doing. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I do sometimes wish I'd just like go and take a break from any kind of Instagram, YouTube, anything for, for a year. Um, but at the same time, I love what I do and I'm so lucky to be able to do it, but it's, it's just such a, you don't want to just be sitting there like looking at numbers and stuff. You feel like a crack addict sometimes. Um, so I try my best, but it is hard. And I think, I think everyone, not just entertainers, but I think everyone can relate to that in a way in the, you know, in the sort of where we live nowadays. Yeah, totally. And and do you get phased at all by any uh, negative comments on videos? And like the odd comment, no, because I know it's just like a, a person saying something for the sake of it. If it's like a lot of comments about a specific thing, yeah, I'd probably take notes of it and, and try and figure out what the problem was. But I think you've got to look at, I think I've worked it out. It's like 1% of the views on a YouTube video are comments. You got to think like the 1% of people who are commenting, you can't really take them too seriously. Um, I think. But yeah that's a very good that's a, a mature approach i mean you try but yeah it's have you like, been like that were you like that from the beginning when you first start releasing videos or is that something that's developed over time in terms of how you deal and uh, i guess i always tr- yeah i've always tried but like obviously i was way more insecure i still am insecure but like i was way more insecure when i first started making youtube videos about what people thought of me and, and how i came across Mm. Um, obviously the, the longer I've been doing it, the more comfortable I am with myself and how I sound and how I look and being on camera and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, you always, and people have a nice way of always finding your insecurities and pointing them out to you. So you just got to ignore it. I think. Just ignore that stuff. Yeah. And we touched upon before, uh, hit record about sort of imposters syndrome. Is that, yeah. is that something that you use, you, you sort of did suffer from now? No, I just, you know, I was uh, very lucky in the way I got to start um, on YouTube. I um, I got followers quite quick. The first sort of 100,000 people that followed me came pretty quickly. And I know a lot of people have had to work a really long time uh, to get to that point. Or, you know, it, it's not just, it, it's unfair in some ways that I got that starting block. But um as I say, you, you know, you get chances in life and you've got to just do everything you can to, to take them. And I hope that I have done that. Like, you know, I've, I've done my best to, to turn it into something good. Um, and I hope I've done that, but yeah, you, you sometimes feel a bit like, you know, I got a bit of an unfair advantage with that, but what can you do? Yeah. I think every, everyone has got their own, I mean, from performers or you know, actors or whoever I speak to, yeah. everyone's got their own, insecurities going on and a lot of the time it's sort of like more it can be internalized what what other people's perception of somebody is isn't necessarily what they leave it to be you're Um, worried about what you think someone else is thinking exactly yeah that's something that i'm only just starting to really realize myself you know 
And so what do you do? So once when you're not, when Josh is not doing the YouTube, what, what, yeah. what, what do you do to, to relax and unwind? What's your thing? Uh, I still love sport. Like okay. such a big part of my life. I, I think exercise is so important for anyone who's struggling with their mental health or anything like that. I, I still believe that exercise is the best thing you can do. So um, I've been doing a lot of running lately, uh, play quite a bit of golf. I, uh, I've actually been getting into my gaming since the lockdown. I used to play a lot of games. Okay. Uh, so I've been doing that again, but like computer gaming. So there's this game called Dota you probably haven't heard of, and Age of Empires I've been playing. Okay. Um, so yeah, a little bit of that, but uh, sport. Yeah, I'm super excited for the lockdown to be lifted for that, to be honest. Can't wait to get on a football pitch again or, or a hockey field or a cricket pitch and, and just um, play some sport. Yeah, I've been um, I've been substituting by doing sort of these uh, like you know, if you had an insanity or any of those kind of like high intensity training programs. Yeah. I'm sort yeah, of like yeah. one of those madmen you see in the corner of the park jumping up and down and <laughs> you know, just yeah. shouting and just gritting my teeth, um, thinking I'm some. some you kind get of your like, shirt off. Yeah, I did it once and then I immediately put it back on again. Yeah, everyone ran away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a very crowded day, and I was right in the centre of the crowd, um, and then realised in hindsight it wasn't wasn't the best decisions. Um, and I know we we touched on, on on Jordan Peterson. Are there any other any books that you kind of uh, think of that have had a big impact on on your life? Uh, I read this book as well called Happy by Darren Brown, which I really liked. Um, okay, it's yeah. I mean, don't let the name put you off. It's not like a self-help book it's just a book about sort of exploring what it actually means to be happy and 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 content with yourself and you know the difference between enjoying a or get you know a holiday or, or buying a new phone compared to what it genuinely means to be to be happy um it's really interesting so many i think anyone who reads it will relate to it a lot um, and he just points out so many you know, you're reading something and you're like, oh my God, that's so true. I've never actually properly been able to think about that. Um, so yeah, I like a lot of, uh, what's the word for them? Not fiction. Um, factual? Factual? Yeah, factual, yeah. Non-fiction. Yeah. Non-fiction, that's, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're quite hard to like get through because there's no obviously, story or anything, but uh, I do enjoy it. I'm also big into those as well. I, I, used yeah. to, I used to read a lot of fiction, but I find it, I don't know, increasingly more difficult to read fiction these days. <laughs> Not because it's got shitter. <laughs> it's more yeah. it's more my uh, my in sort of inability to... Silly <laughs> temptations to watch stuff, probably. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, so, so are, you, are you a big binge, binge watcher of things? Um, I can be, but to be honest, no, like, not too bad like i get into okay. stuff but i'm not too bad um I, I get a bit you know if i've watched two episodes of something i feel like a bit, i need to get up and do something i'm the same um, but i can i can play games on end which is bad i can play like quite a few computer games in a row which is not great but but, i guess at least it, it gives you some sort of sense of feeling that you're doing something <laughs> yeah you know? yeah it's like it, yeah i mean it's competitive and it's like a, yeah it's, it's good but yeah. uh it, Okay. All right, man. Well, look, it's, um, it's, been, it's been great speaking to you. I'm going to ask you a final question. I ask all the guests that come on the podcast. Uh, what mm -hmm. does the idea of balance mean to you or not? The idea of balance. I think the idea of balance to me would be having a good career while still enjoying my life. I would that would be the idea of balance for me, which which I, I think I, I can do to an extent sometimes. So try and stick to that. Brilliant. Okay, man. Well, look, great speaking to you and thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Perfect. And there we have it, Josh Peters in the building, not literally in the building. Uh, we are still abiding here at balancing acts by the social distancing rules uh, that no one really understands or really implements anymore however that conversation was another of the zoom chats and very much enjoyed chatting to josh hope you guys 
enjoyed that as well. And if you did, as always, please rate and review the the podcast. would be most appreciated. And what else can I tell you at the moment? I'm reading a very interesting book called Radicals, which looks at different pockets of society that are, uh, are doing things in a radical way, such as the transhumanists. You know about those guys? The guys that are trying to implement technology so that humans can last forever. And I found it very interesting because what is supposedly a radical and liberal concept could actually be interpreted as actually something quite conservative. Because if we, like us, our generation, or just everyone that's alive right now, last forever, then how are we going to have new concepts and ideas? Because all the people that are currently alive are just going to have just the ideas and thoughts that you know are attached to us and our world right now anyway i digressed uh there a little bit but uh i i recommend that i'm listening to the audiobook version of that i usually struggle with audiobooks but because sometimes i just feel the narrator's the narrator's tone or voice just sort of punishes my ear hole whereas this narrator who i also think is the author of the book is um pleasant very pleasant to listen to yes so that's radicals by jamie bartlett and very much enjoying reading that and i can't remember if i talked about it before on a previous podcast episode but i polished off dave and i absolutely loved it the little sitcom with the little dicky that is just very funny all round first class shit cam show do go and check it out yeah it's on BBC iPlayer, so if you haven't seen that one yet, worth watching. And I've started now to work in my co-working space, and there are arrows on the floor which show you which direction you have to walk in, so you avoid bumping into other people that no one is paying any attention to, and it's complete havoc, and everyone's going in opposite directions and trying to swerve each other, and it sort of turns into this intricate choreography piece so uh that's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting uh experience there the the co-working space but it's definitely nice to get out of the flat because i was going a little bit crazy so yes it's nice to be it's nice to be around other humans and seeing things slowly unfold until we get back to to normal ways in society and forget this ever happened it was sort of like covid what what was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, a couple of months. Yeah, we were sort of just staying and just like binge on on Netflix and eat loads and hoard. What about the hoarders? How are you? How if you were a hoarder, how do you feel right now when you went out and you panic bought <laughs> and you decided, oh, this is it. This is the end of this is the end of humanity. It's the end of civilization. So you know, I must go out and purchase untold amount of bog rolls. Okay. Well, that is all for now and I hope you're all well and good and fine and dandy and until next time, see you later. Balancing Acts is now made in association with The Comedy Crowd who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short which is a a two-minute video one of my characters on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV which is comedycrowdtv.com and across media platforms so do go and check them out. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.